ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Biosecurity threats loom large over Australia's agricultural industries. But has the quest to try and keep the ag industry clean and green overshadowed the fate of native flora and fauna? Hello, I'm Amy Phillips and you're about to hear about 20 native animals which have been lost to modern extinction. For Queenslanders, frog calls and balmy nights go hand in hand. But a threat to even Australia's most pristine environments has a biologist hearing only silence. When you think about the diversity of life in Australia through the extinctions we've had, there are whole kinds of ecological phenomena that we don't have anymore. So, you know, the world no longer has stomach breeding frogs, you know, like that whole thing has gone. And, you know, we used to have these little um, pig-footed bandicoots. And people, they, they used to walk around on little hoofs, little hoofed marsupials. The world no longer has hoofed marsupials. You know, we're talking about these really serious narrowing of biodiversity that is not being properly appreciated. Tim Lowe is someone you could say is fairly committed to conservation. He's an Australian biologist and prize-winning author of articles and books on nature. But as his career marches on, so too is his awareness of the onward march of modern animal extinction. It's a real challenge to the paradigms that we have about conservation because we think that the way to conserve species is to have national parks and to have good management in national parks. If you do that, you're doing what is needed to save species from extinction. Here are all of these frogs. Most of them were in national parks. To raise our country's conscience, he's co-authored a report listing, like a eulogy, the Australian animals lost to extinction since the 1960s. But as you heard, the loss of frogs from Queensland, and in particular a certain bizarre frog, has really impacted Tim Lowe because he once held it. That southern uh, gastric brooding frog, I you know, saw one in the wild. It's a very distant memory. A friend of mine catching it here, look at this. It was discovered that the female frog was opening a mouth and basically swallowing her, her, her young and they're uh, shutting down her stomach acids and rearing the young inside. There was there have been more than one book written about this collection of papers. I mean, it was world famous. No other frogs in the world do that. And... No one, no one ever imagined that they were under any threat. Just no one at all. The extinction of the northern and southern gastric brooding frogs, as well as four others, are now known to be from the clumsy invasion of a single pathogen through the port of Brisbane. We have this pathogen, this chytrid fungus. We know it got into Australia in the 1970s, so that's been worked out from looking at museum specimens and finding evidence of the fungus on them uh, around Brisbane beginning in the 1970s. And we had this wave of extinctions that started in the mountains just west of Brisbane. It just moved north into the mountains west of the Sunshine Coast, took out two species of frog in the 1970s and early 80s, um, and then it jumps up to the rainforest west of Mackay where another frog went extinct there, uh, this was like one of the southern frogs. It was a frog that reared its young in, uh, in its stomach. It was being studied for uh, research on um, stomach ulcers. 
and then the wave of extinctions jumped to North Queensland and it looks like uh, water birds were moving the fungus as ducks and egrets are flying from river system to river system. They're moving the fungus, which um, can swim swim in the water. And that, yeah, I mean, the, the last one of the frogs we talk about, it was only found in the wet tropics right up in North Queensland, very, very high altitudes in areas of very high wilderness values. And that's so challenging for us to think about because we think of extinction going with you know with with bulldozers with massive human impacts and here we're looking at uh, incredibly pristine environments losing a species of frog just as frogs have gone missing from our creek habitats the report also tells the story of three animals who had evolved for thousands of years to thrive on christmas island off western australia's coast only to become dinner to a stowaway who jumped ship in the 1980s. Asian wolf snakes turn up on the island and people didn't realise that they were the explanation. It was noticed that lizards were disappearing really dramatically and I was visiting the island each year, uh, helping run Christmas Island Bird Weeks, and every year we'd visit the ranges, we'd see their captive breeding population. They got three of these Christmas Island forest skinks Two of them died, and there, there's the last one. It's like that last Tasmanian tiger in the zoo in Hobart. And just to think that I've seen that lizard so shiny, so alert, so agile, that species is gone. No, no one can see what I saw. I mean, it's just hard to believe that in this modern age that we have all these extinct animals. We have these amazingly high-quality photos of them, really rich, vivid photos, but that animal, that species, it's gone, gone for good. But as well as telling the story of the fate of 20 animals, the report also makes clear that extinction is accelerating. And co-author Carol Booth says it's driven not by bulldozers, but invasive pests and diseases. What we hope with this report is to highlight that if you're going to stop extinctions, you need to do an awful lot more about invasive species threats. I mean, it's not just that the majority of animal extinctions in particular have been caused by invasive species. It's that the future extinctions will continue to be caused by invasive species. And there's been all this analysis of the species that are most at risk of dropping off the edge over the next 10 to 20 years. And a very large proportion of them have, as a major threat, invasive species. With that knowledge in hand, it makes sense that Carol Booth is a policy officer with the Invasive Species Council and is lobbying government to stem the flow of pests making their way into nature. We, we can manage big herbivores with aerial shooting and you know, foxes with aerial baiting, but for a lot of other species, we really don't have effective method. And then, of course, there's also making sure we do our best to prevent new threats. All these fish that are being kept in aquariums and when the owners get sick of them or they have to move, they go and dump them into the the local creek. There's just so much risk that the threats are going to increase and we really need to apply the best policy, best behavioural management, best communication, best research, research to try and prevent these new threats becoming manifest and we need to prevent new species coming in. So there's an awful lot that needs to be done. So while Tim and Carol hope the report is a catalyst for more of us to be inspired by conservation and action, Tim Lowe says time 
is a privilege we do not have on our side. He's now concerned about a new insidious plant fungal disease. The sickly yellow spots of myrtle rust are taking a toll on a tree in his very own backyard. With myrtle rust, I mean, I photographed a tree in a local park near me. It was a native rainforest tree that progressively got sicker and sicker and then died. That tree's species is now listed as critically endangered. It's not going to grow in that park again. And um, and you know, another species of tree I used to go up to, uh, Green Mountains, the O'Reilly's Guest House in the Gold Coast hinterland, an incredibly famous rainforest reserve. And I remember that around the campground there, one of the main trees was the, the um, native guava tree. I can remember tasting the fruits, um, you know, quite a sort of resinous, succulent taste. There have been no wild fruits recorded for 10 years. All the trees at O'Reilly's are dead. Across most of New South Wales, all the trees are dead. This kind of emergency action, I don't think most Australians realise this is going on. And that disease, it wasn't here before 2010. I mean, like the speed at which things are happening is incredible.